Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Tracy Rubin, and this week I have a guest on. We are talking all about the evolution of HR. So on with me today, I have Bethany Turan, who has over 15 years of dedicated HR experience in retail, in manufacturing. And on this week's episode, we're going to talk a lot about how HR has evolved as a career, as an industry, and Bethany shares some advice for people who are looking to break into HR. I know we discussed this on a previous episode in the Breaking into HR episode, but it's really nice to hear a different perspective from someone in a different facet of HR who has, you know, nearly two decades of experience. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. So let's jump right into the interview. So Bethany, welcome to the podcast. It's so nice to be able to connect with you again. Absolutely. I'm excited to be speaking with you today. So before we get into some of the discussion points that we have ready to go today, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. So I am head of human resources for Element Technologies, which is a 91-year-old manufacturer of refractory metals located in Lewiston, Maine. Um, Element is my first manufacturing job. I've done uh, other industries such as logistics, transportation, distribution, and retail. So really excited to have the opportunity to apply HR to a different industry and see how things pivot based on that different environment. That's so interesting. And actually, we'll get into that a little bit later. I get a lot of questions about industry shifts and Actually, even in my own career, I've thought, like, how could I make the pivot from retail to something else? So it'll be interesting to hear your take on that. Um, But one of the questions I'd love to hear your thoughts on are really how you view HR as a function based on your experience and your career in total. Sure. I think that's that's a great question uh, for really two reasons. First of all, I think HR as a function is changing drastically over time. And second, because I believe HR as a function is as unique as any HR practitioner. It's because it's so people oriented, it's the same as like leading other people, being any kind of a leader. If you said, what does being a manager or a leader of people mean to you? And you ask five different people, you'd probably get five different answers. Um, So, but HR as a function, overall, I believe has truly evolved and is continuing to evolve as society changes and as we become more people-focused, people-centered, and understand the value that each of the employee uh, in a organization actually contributes to the whole and how to leverage that. So, you know, when the function as a whole was created, it was actually named personnel. And it was really just, you know, someone who was filling out new hire paperwork and administering benefits and things like that really just, can you set up an interview for me? 
and it's continued to evolve more and more over time to become what I call a partner to the business and really a strategic partner who is a thought partner for any department and an organization as well as the head of the organization really can play that devil's advocate and I like to say that you know any other function that person, that leader who's over that function, they're going to go wide over their area of responsibility. They're going to have a large span of control. And I look at HR as someone who is that partner to go deep in a certain area, whether it's this person, I'm having some trouble with this person, or this new initiative that I'm trying to roll out, or the company's not meeting expectations and I can't figure out why. HR can really dive into that challenge and figure out is it a process issue is it training is it the people over it is it how things are structured across departments so it's really a function that is extremely ambiguous so as a result it can be unappreciated at times because many times since the results are being achieved through other people there's nothing tangible tied to what HR is accomplishing. So it's really based on all of the opinions and perspectives that are changed as a result of the influence that an HR leader has, how much an organization is valuing that department. You touched on so many good points. And one of your last points in that response is the value, and really it's almost intrinsic value that HR has on an organization. And it's actually something that I've spoken about on previous episodes that that quantitative measurable is much more challenging for an HR person or a department. And it's in those relationships where the value is really created. So I, I really appreciate your perspective on that. You also touched on the evolution of HR, that it went from personnel to almost like a people function. Can you elaborate on that a little bit in terms of how you've seen it evolve? What was the what was specifically done by personnel people previously that now are, has elevated into this HR function? Absolutely. And so I think that it's almost like levels, right? Um, like any stage of development or evolution, you look at what are the baseline requirements. So in terms of having an employee of the organization, you have to hire them. You have to have a record of their employment. We have legal compliance, things we have to do, and we have to make sure they are paid, right? So that's like the basic. And if we think back, you know, to the days where unions were being formed, you know, and where we had legislation created to prevent child labor, you know, we were in a very different environment and we thought about people differently. Um, so leaders have changed, companies have changed, company, how companies view leading people and achieving results through people has drastically changed. So um, I like to talk about kind of like old school versus new school leadership, where um, old school is pretty much you do what I say because I say you're going to do it. And um, you better be grateful you're getting a paycheck kind of mindset. And now it's much more, um, how can I make sure that my team is being developed, that my jobs are designed in a way that is fulfilling to an 
to an individual where that person then wants to contribute more to an organization. And the organizations that do better at that end up actually doing better overall from a performance standpoint. And there's there's a book that I read that actually ties a lot of those behaviors and that mindset to business results. I believe it's called Leading with the Heart. I can maybe give you the details on that later on. Yeah, that's um, great. But it, you know, for me, it was so cool to read that and be like, okay, wow, like these companies are way outperforming the average company, you know, when you compare to sales and overall profitability. And so those companies being so successful in that area and leading the way socially, that's what's helped transform our society, I believe. So in order to leverage those kind of results, then you have to have a kind of different leader over the people who can help the rest of the team move along in that direction and help them change their thought process from what they maybe grew up in or are used to into that way of the future. I love that. It reminds me or makes me think of the leadership versus management models and how a leader is different from a manager. And I think you're right. I mean, we actually both have target experience in our backgrounds. And I think one of the things that was so uh, profound to me from target was really how deeply ingrained in the culture leadership was and how managing or leading an effective team was at the core of how you performed. Um, at least in my experience, I don't know if you agree with that, uh, but that was one of the profound takeaways that I had from that experience. Yeah, they had, I, re I still remember their leadership development and the, the ease of excellence and how I thought that was such an awesome framework for how you can approach leading a team successfully. Right, exactly. So to shift gears a little bit, I'd love to hear on a personal note what your greatest accomplishment has been as an HR professional. I would say that's a hard question to answer, right? Because we do so many different things and we have our hands in many different areas. So I could say for one thing, I'm actually helping right now to change the face of medical coverage and costs of how that works and how we treat different kinds of illnesses by plan design. Wow. And you could say, well, that's something that's really transformational. Um, or it could be something as simple as I gave someone some feedback and they were about to lose their job and their career and they completely transformed their attitude, their approach, and they got promoted three times after, right? So you can choose a lot of different things. And that's one of the cool things about this job mm -hmm. is because you are making a positive difference in many areas you know another initiative that i'm working on right now is digging into our cost structure and how can we become a more efficient organization and you know that's a that's a huge impact straight to the bottom line and not only that it's teaching an organizational financial diligence right, right. um but so if i have to pick which you're making me do <laughs> i would say it would be um, kind of how I transitioned from my last role into this role and 
so that company I was at, I was at a, a natural and organic grocery store and it was going through a sale and at the last minute, the new buyer walked away. So suddenly it had to announce bankruptcy and liquidation and all of the leaders across the organization had to then share that with the team as well as everyone losing their own job, um, which was completely, you know, devastating. And uh, because of the kind of business and, you know, um, Retailers, especially, a lot of the time people are drawn to that kind of environment because they have a passion for an aspect of it. So, you know, this company was the same. You had people who just really lived and breathed eating healthy, and you had communities that were devastated, you know, saying, How can I make sure that I feed my family in a healthy way going forward? Um, so, Going into that, I was like, you know, this company, it's not time for the, the company to die. Mm. And I ended up getting connected with the co-founder. And he was just trying to save his local store, which was the original store. And um, I said, you know what? Why don't we team up and let's just try to save as much of the company as possible? And we did. We um, paired up and we happened to have complementary skill sets. So I was able to build and develop a business strategy and a pro forma. Um, and he had a lot of business connections and really good uh, sales pitching skills, should we say. And so between the two of us, we were able to find an investor to save this company and um, essentially win the company out of auction from a brand and the most uh, profitable locations. Uh, and so it was like, wow, we just saved a company. And it was so exciting that after those first few companies or locations were saved, we actually had landlords at the other locations start contacting us and say, hey, like, would you be able to open up your location back at our site and so not only did we save that brand but we saved all of those people's jobs and we helped to ensure that those communities did have that merchandise so you know to me that's something where because HR is kind of an out-of-the-box thinker and they see all the pieces they can piece it all together holistically so I would say yeah. that's probably my biggest achievement. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's incredible. And to save one person's job is, has such an impact, not only on the HR person and the employee, but to save a handful, potentially hundreds of people's jobs. I mean, that is such an incredible accomplishment and one that, you know, you never want to be faced with that type of challenge, but when you're able to overcome and apply a different strategy or a new way of thinking, that's amazing. And I, I love what you said about the um, out of the box type of mentality that we have to have or the way that we are as thinkers. And I think it's really true, especially those of us who are in those business partner type of roles or analyst types of roles, 
because it's really in those relationships and the strategy and just putting the person first because it's just part of what we have to do and what we want to do that so much impact can be had. And you're right that we are, we're wearing multiple hats all at the same time. And it is hard to pick an, a number one or a winning accomplishment, but that is really incredible. And I'm sure that it will stay with you throughout the rest of your career. And I'm sure it meant a lot to those involved too at the time. So thank you for sharing that. As far as um, just your experience, you know, I'm sure you have some predictions, especially since you've talked about the evolution of HR over the course of your career and just in general, but do you have any predictions on how HR might continue to evolve as society becomes even more people focused and governments, for example, become more litigious? Yeah, so I, I think that you see basically whatever is going on is in society then there are hr kind of focused jobs that are created so some of what we've seen created this year uh, first of all a lot of growth from the entire diversity and inclusion area right. now that's not a new job that's existed before but you can see organizations being more conscious and valuing that skill set more strongly. Um, there are actually some brand new roles that have been created as far as how do you handle um, all of the workforce transitions from remote um, mm. and also just kind of that mental health. There's been some roles surrounding how do you keep people engaged and basically surviving through kind of the chaos that we've had to deal with in 2020. So what I see is every time society faces challenges or transforms in a different way, there's going to be new roles that are created to help reposition organizations in those areas. Awesome. It's actually a really good point that there are those roles focused on the remote work and engagement. And actually, I'm going to have to do some research into these because we we have never had a 100% remote workforce. I mean, we're a retail organization. Our corporate team for our North America business unit is based in New York. And we are having some challenges with the remote workforce because, not because the team isn't incredible. I mean, they are, but actually the challenges are keeping the culture that we worked so hard to create alive and thriving, you know, especially in this moment where everything is important and needs to be prioritized, getting those 30 minutes or an hour, you know, meetings on the calendar to do nothing but hang out or connect or, you know, interact with people outside of your own department is extremely challenging and typically is falling under the radar because everyone's spread incredibly thin. And I don't even think it has anything to do with the size of our business. I think it's just the nature of the beast, especially given the position that retail is in right now with lockdowns and, you know, managing employee illnesses and all of those things and just getting the business to continue to operate. So I'll have to do some research into those roles because I'd love to hear about some of the things they're doing because I'm like, we're, we are literally applying every possible scenario to think about how we can continue to drive you know, really wonderful culture, but it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. 
It is. And, and not only that, to your point, people are just having a tougher time with life overall because of the many challenges that have been faced with them. So how do you then deal with that and help support the employees? So, right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's interesting because recently I went on to our benefits providers website and I, there are so many more benefits than I even realized. I mean, we have our employee assistance program. Of course, many companies offer this even to non-benefits uh, eligible employees. But there are like therapy services and counseling services. And now if you're working remotely and you're exercising remotely, there are credits for that in-home workout. And I think that there's probably an opportunity, to your point on the mental health, to really emphasize the resources that are available even more. So it's really, now I have some homework to do, <laughs> which is great. Um, in closing, one of my, I think it'll be my last question for you because I know you are a busy woman and I wanna respect your time. Um, but do you have any advice for someone who's looking to break into HR from a different career or maybe even transferring industries between one HR path and another HR path? Sure, so let me answer those each separately. Um, first of all, someone who wants to break into HR, I would tell you that um, myself, I have hired about 50% of hires who have HR background and 50% who haven't. And on my team, I've actually tried to make them be about half and half because I've found that having people who have a people oriented focus but have knowledge of the operation that they come from adds a different perspective and adds depth to the team and the skill sets that the team has so what i've found is people that you take i've typically taken them from operations um, they tend to just hit the ground running and they're kind of they have different types of challenges than your HR person who's grown up and they're almost like diff the opposite kinds of challenges. So they help balance each other out. Sometimes people who are in HR and they've never been in another area can be like, well, why can't it be like this and not necessarily having a fully realistic view of all of the challenges people in another department face with getting things done. Like, why can't you just be fully compliant all the time? Because your whole focus is on, you know, let's say a store manager, you have so much pressure to make sure your store looks good, that your, your shelves are stopped, that your team is hired, that you're making your numbers, you know, a million things that it's not that you're intentionally trying to ignore this piece of paper that didn't get filled out correctly. It's just that you have a million things to juggle and you're trying to just get it all knocked out, right? And so, so then the people that come into HR, sometimes it's about slowing them down and getting them to think more holistically and um, think about leadership in a lot of different ways. So what I've loved about the people I've taken from operations and taught them HR is they have enhance their own leadership skills. So I've actually taken multiple people into HR who've gone back into operations and gotten promoted 
multiple times after. And when I've done that, they're, they're saying, okay, you know, it was challenging, but at the same time, it was probably the most beneficial step for me in my career because of the perspective that I have as a result of the many different environments and experiences I was exposed to in that role. So, you know, as far as advice, first of all, it can be done. Second of all, find someone who is open to that, you know, someone who likes to develop people who can spot potential and ask them how you can help or say, hey, I'm really interested in this. Can I help? You know, I'd like to go recruit at your next job fair or, hey, I noticed this, I, this challenge with turnover and this is what I've done in the past. Do you think that maybe I could speak to this group and tell them what I've done and maybe facilitate a conversation that could help? So, so that's the best in is to start by doing little projects and um, number one, learn, but number two, build that rapport and show your ability to get results in that area. And, and once you can do that, chances are someone's going to see that potential and be like, Hey, you know, I want to make you my own. Right. Right. So, um, and then as far as the other question, someone who's interested in pivoting industries. So this is something that, you know, it really depends on your personality, right? I, I'm a pretty flexible, adaptable person. I think you are as well. And so if you have that personality, then it's, it's easy to adapt to different industries. Um, however, if you like kind of a solid baseline and a lot of structure, that's where it's going to be a lot more challenging. Mm -hmm. So, so what, if you're in that second bucket, what I would challenge you to do is break yourself into different environments or um, kind of challenge your own comfort zone and get yourself more adaptable before you would try to make a move. And I would share a story about myself and probably my most challenging move in my career. So this was back at Walmart, which was earlier in my career. And I had kind of grown up in HR from their distribution center operation. And I had the opportunity to be over multiple store locations and I was really excited about that and I said okay you know it's a new opportunity I'm ready to go it's the same company you know just multiple locations so I get into it and I was like completely not prepared for what I faced and I almost think it was harder because I was with the same company and it had all the same policies and procedures so I was like okay you know it should be the same but all of a sudden, I'm in a culture now that is what I say as far as retail, it has a constant element of chaos. And that element is called the customer, right? We don't know what the customer is going to bring in, how many customers will come in in a day, and what kind of challenges that will be. Versus in a distribution environment, everyone's on shift work. Your work is, you know, as soon as you come in, how much work has to be done. As soon as it's done, you're done for the day you head out you know so night and day and I was like what is this but because it was so challenging it then forced me to become a more evolved HR leader 
So, and I truly have that belief that the more challenging an experience is, probably the better it is for you and your growth and development. And it's giving you more skills that are going to be with you through the rest of your career. So don't be scared to take those kind of leaps, but do understand you're going to be learning things that challenge your assumptions and your way of thinking about your job in the world. Be open to that and like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, but the more you make those kind of moves, the more well-rounded you'll be and the more you'll be able to piece other components together. I love that. It, it, I don't know if you've ever done the situational leadership training in any capacity. It's, it's like it takes on leadership scores and kind of like where you sit with your like MBTI score and different things like that. But one of the elements of that model is like being in your comfort zone and then branching out into those other layers of, you know, lack of comfort, for example. I can't remember the exact word and I'm going to kick myself when I listen back to this and, and then I'll remember. But it's in those moments of challenge and like getting that disruption and getting out of the comfort zone where we really do grow the most. And I, I think that is probably applicable to any career, especially in uh, post-education career. You know, I think of like being a student and totally you're growing, you're learning, you're challenging yourself. But once you kind of break out, whether it's high school, grad school, college, you break out, you're in your first career and everything is new. And so you're not in your comfort zone. And that's where all of that growth happens. And to your point, I mean, it's, I really appreciate you sharing the most challenging um, moment in your career because I could imagine that going from one end of retail to another would present challenges that don't wait for you to get accustomed to them. And it's in those moments where I'm sure we can all think of a time where we've been challenged the most that we probably appreciate those moments the most. I get outreach every week from various people around how they can break into HR, but I also similarly get a lot of questions from individuals who are not anywhere close to HR and really do want to, you know, get into the industry. It's a great career, of course, I think, and I'm sure you would agree, but it's I I appreciate also your point on your team being 50/50. Uh, I, it's interesting that you mentioned the depth of the individual when they come from a different background. So I think a lot of the people listening are going to really appreciate you sharing that and hopefully it will motivate them to just get out there, get involved with their organizations and to your point, support in solving some problems that might exist in the HR space that maybe the department isn't able to tackle in that moment but would love to see that initiative and ambition from someone else. So thank you so much for all of your insight and, and for your time. Is there anywhere that you would invite the listeners to connect with you? Absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn. So um, that's Bethany Turon, T-U-R-O-N. And just search for me and connect. And I'll be happy to have any kind of conversation or answer any questions that anyone has. Amazing. Well, Bethany, thank you so much. And I'm so glad that we were able to connect and get to know one another and hear about your experience and just your journey through the HR ranks and the career in general. So thank you so much for your time. 
All right, so that concludes the episode for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed and took some new information or maybe some inspiration away from Bethany's interview and her advice and just her experience. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram at hrtracy, that's H-R-T-R-A-C-I. You can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Just search for my name, Tracy Rubin, and you can email me at podcasts at hrtracy.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.